You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by Pastor Dan Stahlbaum. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the program. This is Morning Breath, as Nick said. We're a drive-time devotion, sure to jumpstart your day. That just means that we read a chapter of the Bible, spend some time in the Word, and then I and a coach come down to the studio here at the Merritt Island Campus East Coast Christian Center. We read the chapter on the air, and then we talk about wherever God sort of uh, points us in the chapter. Now, it's a little bit different this time of the year because the first 21 days of the year, we do a time of seeking. I shouldn't say the first 21 because we actually started on the 10th, but we picked 21 days at the beginning of the year to do devotion and fasting and seeking God. And and so it is uh, January 20th that uh, today, and we're on, what is it, the 11th? Pastor Mark is 11th? 11th day of the devotionals. 11th yes. day. So we've been in it for 11 days, right at the halfway point. Yep. So we do today, and we're past halfway, and when we started today, we we're almost halfway. And so uh, if you haven't been involved in it, Pastor Mark will tell you how to get involved in it. In the devotional? Yeah, why yeah, not? Yeah, why not? You, you should <laughs> join us. You should uh, go to our website. You should go to the app, or East Coast app, or eccc.us. And you can find all the information that you need there. If you go to our podcast page, um, you'll find the Morning Breath Guide, uh, which during this season is tied to the devotional. You can yeah. also find the devotional itself online on our app and, and on our website as well. So if you're reading the devotional, you know the scripture uh, passage that we're going to be uh, focused on on Morning Breath as we read that chapter and uh, and go through it. So make sure that you jump on our, our resources and take advantage of that. If you need to, you can call the office. And even we've got the uh, paper copy of the Devos right in the lobbies of all of our campuses. Yeah, so if you wanted to pick one up, have one in your hand just uh, on Sunday when you're going to church there, just stop by Next Steps. Generally, they're in that area. They'll be able to get you one. I like paper copies. I'm, you know, maybe I'm old school or whatever, but I I do like to write a couple notes and, you know, mess around with them a little bit in my hand. It gives me a chance to go over them more than one time, and uh, I keep them. I actually keep them with my Morning Breath Bible, and so I've always got one uh, got one with my morning breath Bible, and that's that's my morning devotion is reading a chapter. So it's real easy for me to get on board with reading the devotion and going through that way. And one of the things that it does, and I think it's, it's an important thing to do in the world we live in right now, is it pulls us together. Um, we're all reading the same verses. We're all praying some of the same prayers. And I think it's just important for a church I mean, and I think it's Corinthians where he said, you know, speaking the same things. Uh, it's an important part of becoming who God's called us to be uh, as a people serving the Lord. Uh, and so we do that every year, and I think it's powerful. I don't know if there's been a more important year for me to do it. Amen. It's been, uh, it's been powerful. I don't think there's been a more important year for our country, for us to be praying for our country. Um, I just think all the way around, it's, uh, it's wow, big time uh, Need, we need God in so yes. many areas of our lives and so many areas of our nation, and so we're praying and believing. Yeah, we are. It's yeah. it's there's a there's just a prayer of unity. I'm praying, for, you know, just peace that we would find peace and unity. Um, you know, there's a there's a scripture that says that there's a there's the um, unity and the bond of peace. I'm yeah, trying to think good. exactly what that what that line is. I can't get it quite right right now. It's pretty close. Um, yeah, but that's that's what we should be desiring. Seek peace and pursue it. Yeah. Um, and so that's our prayer. And so as you as you press into the Word of God, it enables you to focus. I find that my focus uh, goes all the wrong places, <laughs> but if I just get it on His kingdom and His righteousness, uh, th- that's where the peace is. 
Yeah, it's real tough for me. Uh, I've kind of just shut off all the news. I've yeah. shut off all the stuff, all the noise around me. Um, I just, I, it's, it just got too loud. Yeah. And uh, just have to focus in on the Lord. And I think it's important for everybody. How are you doing, Nick? I'm doing well. Good. Welcome, man. Well, Nick runs the board for us. He makes this program happen. Yeah. Nick, what's your last name again? Clementson. Clementine? <laughs> yeah, like the orange. Like a little orange. Like a little, little, little orange. orange. You're yeah. a little orange. Yeah. You don't look orange to me. No, I don't. You should put on some of that false suntan, then you'd look orange. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That'll get me there. I'd get you there, man. Anyway, Nick's, uh, when you get married? In March. March. Seven weeks. What day in March? Uh, The 5th. The 5th. Now everybody knows. <clears throat> so if you want to come Weren't crash my wedding. Weren't they supposed to know? What? Weren't they supposed to know? The world? <laughs> yeah, the world. Yeah, sure. They don't know where it's at. Yeah. Calm down. Uh, they I'm, won't crash your wedding. I'm, I'm calm. Yeah, Send come gifts. on. Calm down. <laughs> Maybe you'll get more gifts because of that. <laughs> Nick needs stuff too. He's he's just a young guy. He and his wife are young, and so they can fiance. use all. He and his fiance, sorry, <laughs> yeah. He and his wife to be are young, and so they need everything. She'll make fun of me if I call it call us her wife to be. I did. She make fun of me. I'll 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 straighten her out. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Maybe, maybe not. She's scary. Yeah, no, I, that's why I said maybe. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to get slapped. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, let's read this chapter and get into it. What do we got? How many verses we got here, Pastor Mark? Uh, was it forty-six? Uh, yeah, forty-six. Uh, forty-six. Well, that's pretty easy to split that. Twenty-three. Uh, there's a break at twenty-two though, so I'll take All it right. to through twenty-two, and you can take it at twenty-three. All right, we're reading Matthew chapter twenty-two in the New King James. That's what I'm doing. I say unto you, Pastor Dan, read, sir. And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables and said, "The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son, and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding, and they were not willing to come. Again, he sent out." Other servants saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I've prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted cattle are killed, and all things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his own farm, another to his business. And the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. But when the king heard about it, he was furious. And he sent out his armies, destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore, go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both good and bad, or both bad and good, excuse me. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. So he said to him, friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Then the Pharisees went and plotted how they might entangle him in his talk. And they sent to him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God in truth. Nor do you care about anyone, for you do not regard the person of men. Tell us, therefore, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why do you test me, you hypocrites? Show me the tax money. So they brought him a denarius. And he said to them, Whose image and inscription is this? And they said to him, Caesar's. 
And he said to them, render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. Then, excuse me, when they had heard these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. Verse 23, the same day the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him and asked him, saying, Teacher, Moses said that if a man dies having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were with us seven brothers. The first died after he had married, and having no offspring, left his wife to his brother. Likewise, the second also, and the third, even to the seventh. Last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife of the seven will she be? For they all had her. Jesus answered and said to them, You are mistaken, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like the angels of God in heaven. But concerning the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was spoken to you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob? God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And when the multitudes heard this, they were astonished at his teaching. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They said to him, The son of David. He said to them, How then does David in the Spirit call him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. If David then calls him Lord, how is he his son? And no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day on did anyone dare question him any more. Amen. A little bit of background on the chapter maybe before we get in, into it or maybe a, a certain part of it. This chapter is uh, kind of the, a testing chapter. Jesus has gone to Jerusalem, the place where he knew these things were going to happen. He had told his disciples, I think, I don't know, I've, I've counted up different times in my life, but seven or eight times he told his disciples they were going to arrest him and attack him, beat him and, and crucify him and, and that he'd be raised from the dead. And, you know, they had trouble getting that in their heads. And I understand, you know, it's hard to, to receive something you don't want to hear or something beyond your, you know, your ability to kind of get your mind around. But he warned him and now he's there. And what's going on? He's being checked and tested by everybody out there. He's, he's got the Pharisees and the Herodians come to him. And then he's got the Sadducees and he's got the lawyers and the scribes. All of these different groups come to him with, with the question of questions for them. It was a question they couldn't answer. You know, it's a, it's a question that how in the world, you know, if we can get him to say, you should pay taxes, all the Jews will hate him. Or if we can get him to say, don't you pay those taxes, the government will hate him and they'll get him. So they thought we got him, all we got to do. And, and they're testing him during this time. What is going on here is this goes back to Exodus chapter 12, the Passover lamb. Passover is getting ready to be celebrated in Jerusalem. And at the same time, Passover is being readied. And, and we read that recently that, you know, he sent, I think it was yesterday's program, he sent his disciples to go get the room for Passover prepared. And he goes and does that Passover with his disciples before, you know, it happens naturally in Jerusalem. He was in front of or before it happened in Jerusalem. 
what's going on here is they are preparing sheep, lambs, one-year-old lambs, for to be sacrificed for the Passover. At the same time, God is getting to getting ready to sacrifice His lamb, mm. the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He's He's got him there, and and what they said to do is you take the lamb and you put it up, just like the regular sheep lamb. You put it up and you examine it for a period of time. Why are you doing that? Because you want it to be as nice and as wonderful and as most beautiful lamb that you could possibly give God for this sacrifice that you're going to make for the Passover as a Jewish person. And so this very same thing's happening with Jesus. He's being held up. He's being looked at. He's being examined. And all these different groups of people, he gets examined by Herod. He gets examined by Pilate. He gets examined by the high priest. He gets, I mean, all of this going on, he's on trial from the moment he walks in Jerusalem. He spends a week there. He's on trial for that whole time. And he's on trial by different groups that are examining him. To And, and, and what's wild is, just like Pilate said, I find no fault in him when he was trying to release him. The truth is, he was, is, and will always be the Lamb of God wow. that, that takes away the sins of the world. That same thing John said when he showed up three and a half years earlier, that same proclamation is made across the board. Just like this one, when they'd heard these things, they marveled and left and went their way. And it said, and they were, and when the multitudes heard it, they were astonished at his teaching. It's just like, we don't know what to do. When he'd silenced the Pharisees and the Sadducees, a lawyer came and tested them. The same thing happens to the lawyer. They cannot, nothing sticks to Jesus because Jesus is the righteous son of God Amen. and the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And he is, he is being tried and, and he is passing every test, which is, you know, some people say, oh, how Jesus, did Jesus really live a sinless life? Well, here's, here's one week of trial where they try to catch him in something and nobody can do it. And here's the great thing about that, Pastor Dan, as you're talking about the, the lamb being examined. You know, when, when people brought the lamb, the priest examined the lamb. They didn't examine the people. Come on. It's so important. See, the, the, when, when, when the lamb is examined, the, they, they look at the lamb. Does the lamb have any blemishes? Does the lamb have any faults? The person bringing the sacrifice for whom the lamb is a substitute, that person has blemishes. That person has faults. Yep. But that person is not examined. The lamb is examined. God's not, God's not looking at the worshiper. He's looking at the sacrifice. Yep. Mm. So powerful. Yeah, that's from uh, that's from Hebrews chapter ten, and it says that it says that the worshippers, if they brought the sacrifice that could forever and truly purge sins, because the blood of bulls and goats couldn't do it, then once they were purified, they would never have consciousness of sins again. Why? Because God's not looking at this at the sinner; He's looking at the sacrifice. And when Jesus see when God sees Jesus as our substitute, when we when we are willing to receive what He has done. And the gift of righteousness that comes from him, and when, when we allow Jesus, God, the Bible says that God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. When we allow him, when we, when we receive, because we have to receive it, we have to choose it, but when we choose it and we say, yes, Lord, I want Jesus to be my sacrifice, then God's eyes are on Jesus, and he examines him. And just like you said, Pastor Dan, 
this examination, Jesus passes it perfectly because he is the perfect lamb. And so it's not about, it's not about what's wrong with me. It's about what's right with him. Absolutely. You know, when I was a young, well, I wasn't that young. I was in ministry. It's been a long time ago, though. Uh, a fellow, Dave, uh, was it? No, it wasn't Dave Malkin. It was Dave. I'll get it in just a minute. But he was a guy that was associated with Andrew Womack. And uh, he was at, we were at a, uh, Andrew's conference in Colorado up in the mountains. And he was talking about the sacrifice and, you know, accepted sacrifice that Jesus was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And he had hidden up there in the pulpit, uh, like a very real looking, but small, you know, like, I don't know, maybe 16 inches long sheep, you know, a lamb. And at one point he pulls it out and he's talking about, the, you know, he's acting like he's going before God as in prayer and he's, oh, me, oh, this about me, oh, that about me, but he's holding the lamb. And then he said, which is God focusing on, you or the sacrifice? No, God's looking and examining the sacrifice for its perfection because only one could be perfect. That is Jesus. And I don't know, I still see today that picture of him standing there with that lamb that always reminds me, wait a minute. The focus is not on me, because if the focus is on me, we all fall short of the glory of God. We all come up short. We all have bad days and good days. Thank God it isn't based on my blood, my life, my sacrifice, but it's based on the blood and sacrifice of Jesus, and it's an incredible truth. His is perfect. You know, as you talk about that, and I, I'm going to tie this together, this idea that, you know, Jesus is our perfect sacrifice, and, as, you know, as what he has done, a result of that, we have the gift of righteousness. And and I want to talk about that gift of righteousness idea just for a minute, because I, this is something I never knew, Pastor Dan. I actually stumbled across this the other day, but I've read this many times, and I never understood it, and you probably already knew this. It talks about the wedding feast and all the guests that came in, but it says in verse 11, when the king came in to see the guest, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment, and he says, friend, how come you're, how could you, did you come to be here without a garment? And he was speechless, and the king said, you know, toss him out of here. Yeah. I always thought, geez, poor guy. Pretty rough. Yeah, but what I didn't know, what I what I actually saw just recently, um, and not even trying to prepare for this Devo, I just kind of stumbled across it, it, there's an implication, I guess, here in the language that doesn't get picked up very well in the English that the wedding garment was something that was given to the guests on their way in. It was in. supplied by the host. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Boy, what a difference. Yeah. Well, it's just like <laughs> his righteousness. Come yeah. on. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, so so this man— You don't come in with your own. Right. Yeah. And and But you have to choose to put it on. Yeah. Right? So it's a Absolutely. choice. So this man came into the wedding, and it seems like, gosh, he's been treated roughly, but he was given a wedding garment. I'm he, good. And he was— Yeah. Yeah, he comes in, I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm going to wear yeah, what I got I'll wear on. what I want to wear. And, it, and But when we're given the gift of righteousness, God doesn't force that righteousness on us. Mm. We have to be willing to say, thank you, Lord, I receive it. Yeah. And that, But that makes all the difference because it's just simply in receiving the robe that has already been provided that we then enjoy the wedding feast for the son. Yeah. The, the, the son. This is a king and his son, obviously. This is a picture of the wedding feast in heaven where Jesus is being celebrated as the bride and we are as the groom and we are his bride. And man, I wanna I wanna wear that thing. You know, I, I kind of made this correlation between that what you just shared, Mark, about that wedding garment is provided by the host. And so if you don't have it on, you've basically 
are in rebellion and are saying, not me, I'm not going that way. I'm going to do it my own way. There's a sign on a lot of doors in Florida that I don't think there's any in Minnesota, but in Florida, no shirt, no shoes, no service. (laughs) And so if you don't have a shirt on, they don't want you in the store. They want you to have a shirt on when you come in the store. And I always think about that when I see that sign, no shirt, no shoes, no service. That store has a right to determine whether or not they want you in the store shoeless and shirtless, and they've determined they don't. Well, you know, God made a way for us to come into his presence. That is the only way. There's not another way. It's Jesus. That's it. And you either accept Jesus and his righteousness, which he gives you as a free gift, a garment, a robe of righteousness that he gives us, or you're not in. And I actually wrote in my notes there, the religious among the righteous. Mm. And you know what? I think we'll be, you know, I've always thought this, that we'll, some of us will be surprised when we get to heaven, who's there. And some of us will be surprised when we get to heaven, who's not there. You'll think, well, they had to make it. You know, man, they were really, man, well, you know, uh, maybe they were just religious. Maybe it was all lip service. I don't know. I could never judge another person where they're at and where their faith is and where their heart's at. But I think we may be surprised who makes it because they really were in faith and really were trusting Jesus. And we just didn't hang out with them or we thought they were too rough or whatever the case may be. And others that we think are just, man, they're the best. And they're not there. There's one way to make it. And that's receive through the free will that God's given you to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's the only way. You know, you can get thrown off a little bit when it talks about, you know, verses 34 through through 40, when Jesus says, you know, these are the greatest commandments. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And you know what? It can feel like that's a really heavy load. You know, and sometimes I feel like if we get religious, we hold that up and we say, are you loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, your mind? I know I'm not. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm always going to fall short in that. I want to. Yeah. I'm going to strive for it, but I know I'm going to fall short. I yeah. know that I'm going to fall short in loving my neighbor as myself. Yep. But it says that Jesus came to fulfill the law and the prophets. See, where, where, where I'm falling short in, in even the two big commandments, if I got nothing else right and just got those two right, that would really help me. But even where I'm going to fall short on those two commandments, Jesus came to fulfill the law and the prophets, to, to cover all of those shortcomings, yeah. to wash them away so that even when I'm not able to love him, I can't love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, but Jesus can. Yep. I can't love my neighbor as myself necessarily, but Jesus can. I, all those things are done through him and because Absolutely. of him. And I get credited with the fact that he did it. And so then I get to operate out of that. And when I know that it's from him, then it's a lot easier to do. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast from East Coast Christian Center. We will be back shortly after we thank our sponsors. At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, Coco, and an online campus that you can attend from anywhere. Here at East Coast, we value each generation and work hard to ensure that no matter what age or stage of life you're in, there's a place for you in our family. You weren't meant to do life alone, so come and find your church home with us. 
You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us. Barfield Contracting and Associates is a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. They are located in Cocoa Village, but service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. They also offer military and senior discounts and free estimates and appreciate every opportunity they are given. 321-454-4531. That's 321-454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. Are you a young adult between the ages of 18 and 29, seeking community and an opportunity to press into the Word of God on a deeper level? Join us at Mezzanine, Sunday nights at 7. Experience powerful and impacting messages alongside like-minded individuals that are passionate about pursuing the heart of God. Download the Mezzanine Church app or visit mezzanine.church to get plugged in. Hi, I'm Scott Langston. I'm a broker associate who has specialized in commercial real estate for the past 27 years. I sell real estate for Remax Elite. I give free broker price opinions to anyone selling real estate. If you are looking to buy or lease real estate, I will represent you at no cost to you. My phone number is 321-403-1111. My website is scottlangston.com. Go out and make it a great day. Pineapple Garden, assisted living facility located in Rockledge. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved ones are safe and secure. Find them online at pineapplegarden.com. For over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing offers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. Welcome back to the Morning Breath Podcast. Lean in as the pastors finish the show with their final thoughts. You know, the devotion uh, is really kind of focusing on loving your neighbor and loving people. And none of us, you know, as Pastor Mark said, do that to the degree that that is perfect. Uh, Jesus was the only one who loved perfectly. I'm always reminded when I think about how I'm relating to people around, around me that maybe take advantage of me or don't realize, you know, maybe I've got feelings or whatever it is. I always think about Jesus on the cross. When he was on the cross, he made a statement, I think it's just so incredible. He said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. Now, these people who are crucifying him are totally unrepentant. They're not like, oh, we shouldn't have done that. They're doing it. They're glad they're doing it. They're mocking him. Soldiers are gambling for his clothes. It is still a toxic mess. And Jesus reaches into that toxic mess of people who don't deserve it, who've never asked for it, and says, Father, forgive them, because they don't know what they're doing. And I just want to encourage you, man, if Jesus could do that, he can help us and strengthen us in whatever situation we're in to move in the direction of forgiving and loving people that maybe take advantage of us or maybe it doesn't work out the way you'd like. So I just want to encourage you, remember, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Amen. God bless, guys. See you, Pastor Mark. Bye. 
We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Morning Breath podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath podcast.